Hey, it's producer Michael Miracle here with a quick word of thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. It's folks like you who make this workplace movement work. That's why we strive to highlight great authors and experts who bring phenomenal insight on how to bring Jesus into your workplace. Share this podcast with your friends, family, and coworkers, and together we'll make the I Work For Him mission a success. Thanks again for listening. Let's start the podcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him today as we're live on the radio around Tampa Bay and across the world on iHeartRadio. Let's talk faith.com. Maybe you listen to a podcast out there on Red Nation Rising. Maybe you listen to a podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. However, you're hearing the show today, just understand that we are here to present truth and to challenge you and me to recognize that our workplace, it's our mission field. And in that mission field, you and me may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. And so often we're dealing with people that we work alongside that are different than us. Imagine that. They're different than us. And how narrow-minded of us to think that, well, because they're different, then maybe they need to be treated different. Yet each one of us is loved equally by our Heavenly Father. And I wanted to make sure that we had an opportunity to talk today about learning to love and extend love to those that are still struggling in certain sin lives. Specifically today, same-sex attraction. We've got in studio with us today Mark Culligan from New Hearts Outreach Tampa Bay. And Mike Gakey is a pastor in San Francisco. He's actually, don't hold this against him, he's a former attorney who's God called into the ministry. He and his wife and their three kids live in San Francisco. Pastor Mike Gakey, Mark Culligan, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thanks. Great to be here. Mark, you've got an incredible event coming up here. The ninth Annual Pastors and Counselors Luncheon coming up Thursday this week and Friday this week. Talk to us about that event. Yeah, we're very excited. Every year we try to be a resource for local pastors and counselors. And actually, I might as well say that all are welcome to attend this event. It's a free event. If uh, you're somebody who's uh, been impacted by homosexuality, someone in your family struggles, uh, you're just interested in learning more how to redemptively minister to someone, this event is for you. Um, Yeah, so this Thursday and Friday, this year we're stretching uh, our faith and we're sponsoring not one but two luncheons. Uh, Thursday this week, 11.30 to 1.30 in Tampa at South Tampa Fellowship, and then Friday, uh, May the 12th, in Plant City at the First Baptist Church of Plant City. And we're so grateful to those churches for hosting our event. And can people go online and sign up to go to the event? Yes, we want you to come. It's a free event, but we do need to keep track of the food. So you need to RSVP. So if you will go to nhotampa.com, that's nhotampa.com, you can click on the image on the opening page and do it. Very easy. So it's it's nhotampa.com? Yes. Or N, yes. Is it nhotampa.org? No, it's not. nhotampa.com. nhotampa.com. So we're going to hear more about that and a little bit more from Mark Culligan. But Mike Gakey, you've got a story that people need to hear. And I want to make sure that we left a lot of time for this. But let me just ask you this. You, you're on a radio program. You're a pastor of a church. How big is your church back there in San Francisco? We're about um, 350 on a Sunday. Neat. Okay. Yeah. So downtown San Francisco, outskirts of San Francisco, what? 
Heart of San Francisco, pretty nice. much right in the middle. All right, so when there's an earthquake, you're not getting out, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, that's right, but our, our building is uh, highly reinforced. Mm-hmm. That's what they said about—no, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> All right, so how does the message of I work for him? When I started describing you some of the things from Tom Nelson, this book that I gave you today, you, uh, you it seemed like you already understood what I talk about here on the air today, but how does I work for him resonate with you? Oh, yeah, it resonates— um, very strongly, especially in a San Francisco context. Um, as a pastor, I realized as soon as I got to San Francisco four years ago that being a pastor almost uh, shuts down conversations for me. But for our membership who are involved in the community, not just not just in their neighborhoods and not just in social and civic activities, but within their workplace, everybody works in San Francisco. You have to. It's so crazy expensive to live there. <laughs> Yes, so, it is. Uh, everybody works, and and I think it's great. We've we've tried to historically San Francisco three percent or so church attendees Christians a very low percentage. Uh, oftentimes the the church has seen the the church as a sanctuary from the city, um, a place to come together and sort of escape from the the hardness of the city. And we've really tried to um, build um, a church that is an equipper. For people to go back out into the city and to connect with people in, in all aspects of their life. Yeah, because um, those 350 people could touch the lives of tens of thousands yeah, within the community absolutely. each and every week. Yeah, if you, if you look at all of their spheres of influence, um, it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, wow. I mean, it, to, most of the time you don't get a chance to talk to pastors from San Francisco, gospel preaching pastors from San Francisco. I, I know it's a, a lot of people have already written, they've written off San Francisco. They're like, well, you know what, it, we just we'll just give it up. But God never gives up. And, and that's really part of your story. But why don't you just share a little bit of your testimony? Because there's a reason why you're here right alongside Mark Culligan from New Hearts Outreach, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the short version is um, that I struggled with same-sex attraction. And it started really young for me and in a really good, strong Christian home. Uh, but just a sense of feeling different as a little boy. My first fe- first recollections um, that, I, that I look back on around age five, there was a sense of something different. And, uh, of course, that turned sexual as puberty hit. And, uh, but I was a Christian, Christian home, um, a, a very kind of works-based Christianity. It, it, it taught grace, but it lived more of a, um, you got, grace got you your ticket to heaven, now you better do your best until you get there kind of a mentality. So uh, I didn't want to be gay. I was scared to death of the feelings. Um, I worked really hard and was a really good kid and young adult uh, trying to kind of scrub away those things. The way I always say it is uh, when, when you're struggling with those, I wasn't acting on them. They were all internal. But I wondered, as from what I read and what I had heard, the very limited stuff I heard in my church about homosexuality, if I was an abomination to God, and it is very hard to build an intimate relationship with someone who you think might be disgusted by you. And so I was worked, I just worked uh, to be as good as I could be to somehow try to make up for my struggle. And I ended up, I went through college and law school. Um, I was very involved in spiritual matters. I, I had a real heart for, I wanted to connect with, with God. I, I, it's just like inborn in me almost, uh, just a desire for those things. But um, I didn't act out on my sexuality. Um, I got married at, about age 27 and 28, actually. And um, that was in large part a a desire to kind of stop the rumors that had existed about me from since seventh grade. Um, 
and and also a hope that maybe getting married would fix me in my mind how I wanted to be fixed and Stephanie seemed like a pretty good choice when we come back after the break we're gonna hear the rest of that story Mark Culligan Mike's story is not unlike the story of thousands if not tens of thousands of people around the country not unlike maybe even your story Talk to me about what people are going to experience when they go to the ninth Annual Pastors and Counselors Luncheon this Thursday or Friday, put on by New Hearts Outreach Tampa Bay. Well, I'm really excited to have Pastor Mike here because he's going to focus on the church being the church. In his story, he hasn't gone to any kind of specialized groups like New Hearts Outreach. He was in a body of believers that... Well, don't ex- give away his story now, Mark. I wanted you to talk about the luncheon. He's going to tell the story <laughs> next. Don't give it away. Well, what? that's why I want him to come, right. because he's going to talk about the church. It's going to be a challenge to the church. That's why I want them to come, because pastors feel ill-equipped, uh, and um, we need to give them the message that, you know what? You don't have to have anything special. It's Jesus. It's the gospel. It's his unconditional love that comes into our messes, no matter what our messes are. And uh, so, yeah, uh, he has a, a God is real testimony. Uh, and so I want him to know that we have everything that we need in the body of believers, and that is the gospel love of Jesus Christ. Uh, and this is not, I mean, this is part of your story as well. Yes, exactly. So talk about in the last minute before we go off the air, off to the break, how does your story fit into this? Well, it's similar. I grew up feeling different. In my case, I was punished by, by, by my dad at age eight for taking his pliers, and I didn't have a clue where his pliers were. So I pulled away. I made a vow as a young person to pull away from dad. And of course, it's well known that The healthy gender identity of both the boy child and the girl child are established by dad. And so I pulled myself away from my dad. I went over into the company of my mom and two older sisters. So I had incredible feminine input, didn't want anything to do with dad. And that was tragic for me. But as a kid, you know, you try to survive and you do what you think you have to do. Mark Culligan, talk about who should be at the Pastors and Counselors Luncheon this Thursday and this Friday. Anyone who's interested in learning more about this issue, we are conservative and biblical. We are loving and redemptive. Uh, and I would love for those who have gay friends and they want some insights on how that might be more effective relating to their friends. It's primarily for pastors uh, and counselors, but all are welcome to attend. Yeah, I say again, uh, you know, if your life has been impacted in some way by this issue, come learn more, parents in particular. And I stand against shame and fear right now that Amen. might keep people that would come because they don't want to let the world know that they have problems in their family. Imagine that. There's no perfect family. So uh, please, uh, there's grace for you. Come and learn, and uh, you'll be blessed. Pastor Mike Geke, you're the you're the pastor of a church in San Francisco, California, First Baptist Church of San Francisco, right downtown. But you live in a in a, in a state that is talking about making it illegal to lead somebody to counsel somebody out of the gay or lesbian lifestyle. I mean, how do you how do you deal with that? Does that mean you're not going to be able to share your story? Well, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to see. I, I, I was reading an article last week about that. I don't know. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I hope I'll keep sharing my story and regardless of potential 
penalties, but we'll we'll just have to see. I'll come visit you in prison, <laughs> or or you can move out of California. But you can just preach in San Francisco and then go to like Nevada at night, you know, whatever. So you pick up your story from where you were. Re- remind people where you were at in your story. Yeah, I think I was uh, around the time I got married um, uh, to Stephanie, and and I, you know, the the um, I, clearly, I think most people would would real would probably guess that marriage didn't fix me. Um, I, I realized. As I look back, you know, I spent a lot of time praying for God to do exactly what I wanted him to do with my sexuality, which would, in effect, I was making demands of God. Um, I didn't surrender my sexuality. I told him what I wanted, uh, which was heterosexuality. He didn't give me that. And uh, so I thought, well, uh, I began, I thought, I'll get married. Maybe that'll fix everything. It didn't fix everything. Would you, I would just stop and say, would you consider yourself a Christ follower at that point in time? Uh, yeah. 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 Right. And and I, I believe I was. Um yeah, there were blocks. Like I said, when when you have this thought that you might be disgusting to God deep down, it, it, there's a block relationally and in an intimacy. So I uh, I continued to push on, and we played house pretty well. Uh, but I found in um, quickly that it wasn't working, and in fact, my struggle just seemed to get worse. So I um, began to search. Uh, actually, that was the early days of AOL. I'm. That was in the um, mid-90s, and I got online, and I found chat rooms. And that's really where I discovered the the diversity within the gay community, really, on AOL. And uh, I began to see there were people who said that they were Christians and gay and that that was, that was not incompatible. So I began to research that idea. That was a new idea to me. And um, I found um, in the hard copy books at Barnes & Noble in the lesbian and gay section— I found um, theology that seemed to affirm being openly and gay, embracing sure. your homosexuality, and and that was really what I had. That was what I needed. As I needed it to be okay with God. So in that theology, I, I gained license to do what I had wanted to do. And um, so two years into our marriage, a little over two years, I left Stephanie, and I jumped in full full force. Um, I sent a letter to my parents at the same time, and my brother. I told Stephanie in the very courageous way of leaving a seven-page letter on the door that she received when she came home from work one day. She didn't tell her to your face. You no. Told, you said, you told her via her a, note, a letter. Yeah. A post-it yeah. note? Yeah. yeah. No, it was not a post-it note. It was a, it was a very long letter. But, um, you know, she had, a, she had never even known an openly gay person at that point. So we had, we had, and she had no idea of my struggle. So she, uh, she was blindsided, but she... Um, you know, her, she said, you may have come into this marriage with deception, but I didn't. And I spent our whole dating relationship praying for God to confirm to me that you were the man I was to marry. And, and I believe he did that. And I, I'm not going to walk away from it, at least not now, you know, yet. And uh, so she refused to pursue a divorce like I wanted her to. And, and um, we, we became more and more distant. Uh, my parents, uh, I thought, would cut me off instantly, and they pursued me um, to the point of I got a pager. This is how old this long ago this was, 20 year, 21 years ago. Got a pager so I could control communication and, um, and jumped in. So I, uh, uh, at some point in that process, my parents talked me into coming home at Easter I came home. I had a big fight with Stephanie over the phone. I had a fight with my parents. I vowed I wasn't going to come back to my parents' house again. I was going to file for divorce. And my dad gave me a book 
And I always joke that I did not want his right-wing Christian propaganda, which is what I felt like he was pushing at me. Um, I had um, I had continued to pursue Christ through gay-friendly churches, uh, but my relationship had really fallen very flat. It, it just wasn't uh, working for me. And um, so my dad gave me a book. So let me just remind people, we're talking today with Mike Geike is a pastor from San Francisco, First Baptist Church of San Francisco, and he's sharing a story of, of how the Lord redeemed his life and rescued him from his main sin that was dragging him in, which was same-sex attraction. Go ahead, Mike, keep going. Yeah, so they gave, he dad, my dad gave me this book, and it was essentially a testimony of a man who had struggled with same-sex attraction also and had walked away from that. And it was the first time, I was 31 at the time, first time I'd ever heard a story like that. And I didn't want to read the book. Uh, I, I had no intention of reading the book, but I once I opened it, I couldn't put it down. And I felt like in that book, I really met Jesus um, in a very real and intimate way for the first time. Um, I had known him in a very uh, black and white technical kind sure. of way. But this guy described a very different Jesus than I had known, and, and he, was, um, he was a powerful Jesus who did love me just like I was and loved me too much to leave me there. And I wrestled with him because uh, I knew he was calling me home, and I wrestled with him because I couldn't bear the thought of going back into that secret, hidden, superficial world that I had come out of. And, um, and he responded to me over and over again, three words. I love you. Mm. It was It was not a—I didn't come home convicted of my sin. I knew my sin. I came home, as it says in Romans 2, because his kindness led me to repentance. It was absolute, full-blown—all uh, he offered me was himself. He didn't say, if you'll do this, I'll make you straight. He didn't, he didn't give me any promises. It was just, I love you, and I'm not sending you off uh, to do something without me. I'm offering to go on a journey with you. And so I went home, and I asked Stephanie if I could come home, and and, and um, you know we had no, we were furious with each other, we were angry, we had everything in our relationship had been shattered. Uh, but did you have kids yes. at that point in time? What did you have kids at that point in time? No kids yet, which helped helped very much in her ability to wait. Uh, she she was in no hurry for any other reasons, you know. Um, and we began, a, you know, we didn't run across the field of daisies and live happily ever after. We, uh, we began <laughs> a very long journey at that point and, um, a journey of identity for both of us. We both realized that we were drawn. She was drawn to me out of some her, of a brokenness of her own. And, and, uh, that was one of the keys in our marital restoration was her willingness to say, I need to figure out who I am apart from you. Uh, I need to know who Jesus says that I am. Speak to the people out there listening today who have family members that are struggling with same-sex attraction. Because people, as I understand it, and this is as Mark Culligan has taught me from New Hearts Outreach, that people out there are struggling with same-sex attraction. We understand from your story, from Mark's story, that the Lord is capable of redeeming any of us. I mean, he doesn't rank sin. He doesn't look at one sin and go, oh, that's, that's a little bit too much for me. I can't. No, he died for all sin. But there's a lot of people out there going, mm, but, but I think my, my child was born this way. Um, I think that um, I think it's fine. They could be a Christian and they can operate in the in the gay lifestyle. I mean, to speak to those people, well, because I'm sure you get those questions all the time. You're at First Baptist Church in San Francisco. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll, I'll share this part of my journey with I uh, I had I had wondered if I had been born that way because I had prayed, 
I'd really demanded of God. I wasn't praying, but I thought I had prayed my whole life for it to be changed. And I, I was worried. I always had this 10-year out outlook, like, what if in 10 years they find a gay gene? And um, But my my the guy that was helping me process all this, um, he wasn't any kind of—he was just a biblical pastoral counselor. He, uh, he just challenged me in my identity. So I was pushing forward to who am I in Christ, not who am I based on what I feel or what I desire— and I realized that, you know, if, uh, if even if, I, I don't think Christians need to hang their hat on the fact that it's, we're not born gay. Even if I was, God's word was written for us post-fall, and we're all born with lots of things. And even mm-hmm. if I was, he has called me to live in a certain way, and he will equip me to live in a certain way. And as he equips me to live in a certain way, he will give me all of his promises of peace and joy and abundance and fulfillment. And and I began to just rest in that. Pastor Mike Gakey, people need to hear your whole story. I know you'll be able to take that out in a lot bigger piece at the Ninth Annual Pastors and Counselors Luncheon. Put on by New Hearts Outreach Tampa Bay. Find out more about it online at nhotampa.com. Pastor Mike, thank you so much for sharing that story. Mark, in 30 seconds or less, Mark Culligan from New Hearts Outreach Tampa Bay. People should come. They can find out more about it at nhotampa.com. Who should be there? Anybody and everybody that has an interest in this topic. This is a topic that I know it sometimes makes people's hair curly. They get a little uptight. They get a little uncomfortable. They're trying to figure out, Jim, why are you talking about it on, on I Work For Him? Because you and I work alongside people who struggle in sin. This just happens to be one people's sin struggle. We need to know how to love people unconditionally because our Heavenly Father loves us unconditionally. And if we don't do it in the workplace, they're never going to hear about Jesus because they're not going to go to church because they think church people are judgmental. And sometimes we are. All right. We are going to talk today about our marriage retreat. You know, Martha and I, for the last several years, really since 2008, have done an annual marriage retreat. This year's the first year we haven't done one of our own. And this is, we, but we're prepping for next year's. And yes, Michael, go ahead and call some of the, call the people. Well, I hear phones ringing now. The marriage retreat that Martha and I put on, we, we just got challenged to make it intimate, make it intense, and make it fun and really nice. And so we decided to go to a marriage retreat cruise five years ago, four years ago. And the the fifth year of that will be this next year, February 8th through the 12th. And I wanted you guys to hear, you know, Martha's not in the air with us today because our great niece is in town, and she's one, and she didn't want to come on the radio. So Ella said, uh, told Martha she wanted her to stay home. So Martha's, you know, she arranged for some people to call and give testimonials on the impact of the marriage retreat on uh, people's marriage. So first phone call is, I believe we got Jen. All right, Jen Atkinson. Welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Jen, talk about the marriage retreat experience for you and Joel. How, how did it, you know, was that a first time you guys had ever been on a marriage retreat three years ago when you first went? We had gone to something else years and years ago, but um, this was definitely the first marriage cruise that we'd ever been on. And so was it impactful? Was it what you were looking for? Was it, did it make an impact on your marriage? It totally made an impact on our marriage. It was, it was one of those things that you don't think necessarily that you really needed, but afterwards you realize, wow, that's definitely something we needed. So what, what was it that big, was the biggest impact for you and Joel in your marriage? What was, what was the topic we covered or the thing that drove conversation? Cause it's all about driving conversation between husbands and wives. I think for us, it, it was probably mostly uh, just 
for us to spend more time communicating and spending more time uh, praying together and praying for each other. I think that was probably one of the things that I, I got most out of it, aside from the fact that I felt like it confirmed that we really were in a good place and that we really were wanting the same thing. So it was really a positive affirmation, but at the same time, just can, it just shows you those little nuggets of things that you can work on. What was the favorite part of the weekend for you? Favorite part of the weekend? Uh, well, I don't want to embarrass you, so let me think of something. Oh, no. We're being, listeners uh, are calling in going, go ahead and embarrass Jim. It's okay. No, I was thinking that I got to see you dancing on the dance floor, and that was pretty that was pretty awesome. Because <laughs> yeah, um, I am such I, a good dancer. Yeah, I don't know. But besides that, I, honestly, it's the first, it was the first, but of course, we've been on it three times. So, you know, we're return customers. But the first time, it was our first cruise. So we had, we had never experienced the tranquility and the peace of really truly being disconnected. Wow, that and it's great to be disconnected. So, if people are listening right now, uh, what what's one reason why they should go and sign up for the Cruiserweight or Better Marriage Retreat, February eighth through the twelfth, two thousand and eighteen, right here out of Tampa Bay? What what's one reason why they should sign up right now? One reason you should sign up right now is that you absolutely can't lose. It's like you cannot lose with this. It's not. It's for everybody. Um, you will gain so much. You will, uh, you'll have some fun times. You'll meet new friends. I mean, I know that's one on one thing, but I'm just saying that is all under the umbrella of you can't lose. I mean, you just, you got to do it. Mm, Jen Atkinson, thanks for calling into I Work for him today. Appreciate it. You're welcome. L- thanks, look, Jen. Look forward to seeing you on the cruise February 8th through the 12th, 2018. Thanks, Jen. All right. Thanks. All right. As you, go out to iWorkForHim.com, click on the events tab you can find out more information about the cruise or go to our facebook page i work for him and there's an event there as well if you go on to i work for him on the events page what it'll do it'll connect you up to uh just some of the information about it and then there'll be a link to click on where you could get more information from the cruise planner rick saltarelli he will help you get the right pricing because our pricing is based on what kind of cabin you get you know, it, it, that's all up to you. The the retreat part is all fixed, but the cabin depends. You want a if you want a uh, balcony cabin, it's going to cost you a little bit more than an inside interior down in the basement cabin, which is what I like because I love being able to take a nap whenever. Next up, Robert Govin. Well, Robert, welcome to I work for him. Thanks. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a while since we talked, but I'm sure grateful that you guys are willing to call in today and share a little about your cruise experience when you. And your bride got to go on the marriage cruise. What was what was the experience like for you guys? It was fantastic. We I'll be honest, whenever we first signed up for it, my best friend and I had been praying we wanted to go on a cruise together. And we you guys came in, talked to our class, and it was like, Hey, let's do this. But then afterwards I'm like, Wait, I'm going on a marriage retreat cruise? Uh, what did I do? You know, I thought I was gonna sit by the pool and, you know, have fun times with my best friend and his wife and my wife. And, but whenever we got on the cruise, it was just absolutely one of the most impactful things we've done, my wife and I. We've been married now 10 years. So what was the highlight for you? Um, <laughs> so this is going to sound crazy, but the lunches, the, the meetings were phenomenal. But the lunches with my wife, just talking about what we talked about in the meetings and going into, we, we went into the restaurant each day because it was dead. 
And just getting to talk the two of us one-on-one was just phenomenal. Well, and, and really what, what Robert's talking about is, you know, we have a conversation in the morning for about an hour and a half, and then we drive the lunch conversation with a whole bunch of questions that husbands and wives are supposed to ask each other so they're not just talking about the weather and the gorgeous view as we cruise to Cozumel or cruise back from Cozumel. They're actually talking intentionally about the subject that was in the morning. And we deal with pretty intense issues, but, you know, this isn't a cruise for people who are having trouble in their marriage because you're in a cabin that's like five square feet. But it's a crew it's a it's a cruise marriage retreat cruise for people who really want to work on their marriage. When you look at your the the impact on your marriage, how was your marriage different after you came off that when you walked the gangplank coming back off? Well, we still use the binders. I still go through the binders and look up some of the stuff whenever me and Jackie are having difficulty or just to refresh things. Um, but it was really nice. We have a three-year-old who we love dearly, but it was nice to break away from her and really just have a weekend that was 100% focused on us. And we still try to make time to do that now. Um, that was one of the real big takeaways that we got. So would you recommend that couples listening today on the I Work Ram Radio program to join Martha and I this next February 8th through the 12th? Would you recommend that they do it? Absolutely. We will be there. We will not be in the depths of the boat, but we will be in one of the cabins on the side of the boat with a window. But (laughs) Jackie likes a window. (laughs) Well, and I, you know, if I wasn't leading the retreat, I'd want a window or a balcony. But because I'm leading the retreat, I love the absolute silence and stillness you get inside with no windows. And I can go get rest at any time because it's pitch black in those inside ones. It's not... It's not the best, but that's why Cozumel is so cool. When you went to Cozumel, you and Jackie, what was what was your uh, uh, what what excursion did you guys do? We did the cooking class and the um, beach excursion at, at package, Playa Mia. Which, at Playa Mia, yes, then. at Playa Mia, which oh. is amazing. We've always loved to do that every time we go to Cozumel, and it's just so much fun. Yeah, the, Playa Mia is phenomenal. All right, Robert, I really want to thank you for calling and I work for him and sharing a little bit of your heart. What, is there anything else you want to say about the marriage cruise? Just for the guys out there, don't knock it till you try it. It was an awesome time, and you do get a lot of time just to relax and chill. It's not 100% devoted to the group. No, I mean, it really is not. I mean, we, we've got an hour and a half in the morning, hour and a half in the afternoon, and that's it for two yeah. different days. And then we had a breakup for uh, entrepreneurial couples. But other than that, what, what did you think about the dinner time? You know, we, Martha and I tried to orchestrate the dinner time where everybody sits together and we rotate tables. How did you guys like that? The dinner time was great. Originally, I was like, wait a second, I, I want to sit with my friends. But we really got to make friends with whole other groups of people that we wouldn't normally interact with. I mean, especially those that are over in St. Pete, whatever, we're up in North Tampa. Um, you know, we got to meet whole new sets of couples. Well, I appreciate you calling him, Robert. Thanks for your kind words. And uh, now are you guys signed up for 2018? We are. We will be there. Awesome. We'll bring along some friends with you. I appreciate it. And we'll look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Talk to you later. All right. And what Robert is saying is that the retreat, this is not this is not a men bashing retreat. This is a retreat where everything Martha and I do is to facilitate phenomenal conversations between you and your spouse, because it's not about us. This It's about building stronger marriages because our culture will be stronger because we build stronger marriages. All right. We got Deborah Cody on the line. Deborah Cody, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hi, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, you got any books coming out lately? I mean, you got new books in the in the line. I know oh, you're always writing. Always do. You know how that works. Um, yeah, one of them just came out in January. It's a 365 devotional for women. It's called Inspiration for Every Day. Of course, it's in the Too Blessed to Be Stressed line. 
And I'm working on one called Too Blessed to Be Stressed for Moms. It'll be out in uh, March of next year. Well, we're going to have to make sure we schedule a show when that one comes off, right after the cruise. Deborah Cody, talk about your cruise experience. What was your experience like? It was wonderful. I would highly recommend it. Um, My husband and I have been married almost 40 years, and uh, we were needing a tune-up. He was a little reluctant. Um, He's one of those strong, silent types who uh, is fine with just kind of, you know, cobbling along and everything's fine and nothing's bad. It's just nothing's great. But um, And I was the one that uh, I got him the cruise for a Christmas present, a surprise present, and I sprung it on him so he couldn't say no. And he he went along a little little foot dragging, but um, he just loved it. And I think it served to open doors for us that we would normally not have approached in our busy, crazy, busy lives where we just keep on doing our things and getting together a couple times a day. And, and you know, this was where we were together all day, every day, for those beautiful days on the cruise. And we uh, it was just wonderful for us. It helped us rekindle, and it helped us uh, renew a relationship with each other on a deeper level. And we started praying together again after 30 years. Awesome. 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 You know how I love that. That's great. Yeah. So what was your favorite part of the weekend? I'd say it was a free afternoon when we were told to work a little bit and do whatever we wanted to do, work a little bit on our uh, worksheets. And um, I said to Chuck, you know, let's sit out on our balcony and enjoy this beautiful view, and uh, let's just do a little bit in our worksheets here. And we just, we went all the way to the end of the book because we got on a roll and we started really talking on a deeper level and, and opening up about some things that we hadn't in decades. And I say that had to be the best time for both of us. And we, we later look back on it with, with just appreciation and wonderful memories of that. So you'd recommend it then? Absolutely. You know, I got an amazing letter from your husband after the marriage tre- marriage retreat, and I didn't know if you knew that or not. But he no, sent me. Th- I didn't. He hand wrote a letter. You know, old old style. He hand wrote a nice letter to me, and he just said, "Jim, I had no idea that we needed to work on anything." And it was the amazing conversations showed us that even after forty years. We still had stuff to work on, and, mm-hmm. and he just thank thank you for challenging me is what he said. It was it was a great letter. I have it. I have. I will keep it forever. So because it was it just that's what we're doing. That's what the marriage retreat's all about. It's all about really challenging people to just dig deeper in their marriages because marriage is a fabric of society. That's a book you should read write someday. Marriage, the fabric of society. Too that sounds like a great title to me. That's right. That sounds like <laughs> something you could write. Well, just tell people one reason why they should sign up for this marriage retreat cruise right now? Because you don't know what you don't know. You really don't know. You don't know what it is that's happening in your marriage that you don't know. And this will help you to find out things about yourself and about your spouse and about your marriage together that you don't even know right now. Deborah Cody, thanks for calling into I Work For Him. Hey, you know, it's not too late for you guys to get signed up for the 2018 marriage retreat cruise. But thank you, Deborah Cody, for calling in today. Thank you. We've got... The one and only, my incredible wife, Martha Brangenberg, joining us on the air today. Hey, baby, tell everybody why you're not in the studio with me today. Well, I have my precious one-year-old great niece with me this week, with us this week, 
And so um, she's napping peacefully right now. So I thought I would call in, which I haven't been a caller on the show in a long time. <laughs> no, no, you haven't. So why do we do marriage retreats? Oh, my goodness. There is nothing better than hearing people say that making um, an investment of some time in their marriage made a difference in its longevity and its strength as they just are, you know, investing in ways to determine that their marriage matters and is a priority for them. So when we switch from doing land-based retreats to doing cruise-based retreats, what was the difference? Well, I think the biggest difference was the fact that people knew that when they got away, they were really going to disconnect. Every single couple on every cruise we've ever done, that has been one of the things they have most looked forward to is that complete disconnect and being able to really focus. We don't put away life ever, it seems like, anymore. And so to really be able to go back to their first human love, their husband, their wife, and really be able to just focus on that relationship above everything else, um, it's just that's priceless. And as we do a very short segment of Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha, it's important that you understand we're leaving out of Tampa. And you can actually, it, it's not a major weekend. You leave at noon-ish. You need to be at the port about noon-ish on a Thursday afternoon. You get back Monday morning. You can be off the ship somewhere around 10 o'clock. So you don't have to miss a lot of work. You don't have to have child care for that many days. But it is a husband and wife cruise. No kids, no cell phones, no internet. Just the greatest thing ever. Just a way with your best friend to work on your marriage, to make it strong. And and Martha, we try to, you know, this isn't, you know, I think I figured it out. There's like 96 hours we're away on the cruise, but only seven, well, with the optional six hours of marriage retreat and maybe an optional hour. We try to really, mm-hmm. we try to really make it available for these couples to work and have fun. Yes, we do. And they can do both. And as you heard from so many of the testimonies today, both angles were appreciated and enjoyed where they didn't they just had the opportunity once they were in a good conversation they didn't have to rush and go anywhere else or do anything that was why they were there and that could include you know the the rest of the day the relaxation time with friends whatever they wanted it to be um but it, it it's just such a great opportunity to to really show that your marriage matters I was trying to think of funny. We love funny. It. So not only could they had the opportunity to stay and work on things, but they also couldn't escape because you're in the middle of the, you're in the middle of the Caribbean. True. You can't get out. You can jump, but true. you can't swim that far. Uh, but it's what you know. The highlights I we hear all the time: getting disconnected. People love the day on Cozumel. Just a, it, it's a no agenda day at all. But people love the free flow and dinners where everybody gets to sit. We rotate people every meal. And the conversations, the topics that we drive are, are really great topics. We're going to talk along the lines of learning to love effectively, intentionally killing the busyness, uh, the power of mm-hmm. prayer and marriage. And we'll also have another breakout session for entrepreneurial couples because we find that entrepreneurial couples really struggle with different things than couples who both have nine to five jobs. Yes, very unique um, dynamics and ones that we are very familiar with as well. What's your favorite part of the marriage retreat? Um, I would have to say the evening meal time together. It just, like Robert was saying, you know, a lot of people at first are like, what? You're going to tell me who to sit with? But 
time and time again, it has been the highlight because you just get that opportunity to hear about what other people are dealing with in their marriages, how they're strengthening, what their life is like, you know, and just getting to be real and you don't have to be surface. It can go deep right away and really, really love that. It is a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to February 8th through the 12th, 2018, as we cruise right out of Tampa on our way to Cozumel on the beautiful Royal Caribbean Brilliance of the Seas. That ship is spectacular, isn't it, baby? Oh, it is. It really is. And they've got um, beautiful, um, you know, just areas to relax and get away. And we've learned a lot of the nooks and crannies and um, the great little places to get a sandwich that not everybody else knows about and things like that, too. So we've, we've come to love it very much. Well, thanks. How about for, you? What's your favorite thing? Just being with you. Just Aww. being with you. Getting away. Just being with you. All right. I appreciate you calling in, baby. I'll see you in a little while. Okie doke. Bye-bye. Bring home dinner. Okay. All right, check out the Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat sponsored by I Work For Him. Go to our website, iworkforhim.com, iwork, the number four, him.com. Click on the events tab or go to our Facebook page, I Work For Him. Make sure you like it and check out the event, the I Work For Him Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. But ultimately, I work for him.